Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. guys, welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. It's your host, Kelly Sisson. And on today's show, I have Karen. I am so excited for you to meet Karen. You know, I know that a lot of our listeners are dealing with their own fertility journeys right now or have in the past. Regardless, if you have dealt with it or not, you know someone that has. What's really great about Karen is she talks with us in a really honest way about her own journey and how she's been able to help others. So I know you're going to love this episode. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being here with us. I'm wondering, can you introduce yourself for the listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm uh, Karen Rich, and I am a wife and a mother to three amazing kiddos. Oh, One nice. actually just turned 13 today. I can't believe oh, I have, uh, have a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was born and bred um, in New York and lived there for mostly my entire life um, until recently um, moved down um, south to enjoy a slower pace of life. Yes, that's awesome. So can I ask where you're living in the south now? Sure. Um, we're actually in South Carolina. So we're kind oh. of in um, the South Charlotte, the South Charlotte area, which is considered um, literally on the border of North and South Carolina. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a friend that lives in North Carolina right now, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Great place. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for introducing yourself. You know, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your business so the listeners can have an idea of like, you know, w- you know, where you started, what your hope is for it. Can you just kind of talk us through that? Sure, absolutely. So um, I am an infertility coach. Um, and what that means is I help women who want to get through the infertility journey, journey rather quicker, um, while keeping our sense of humor. So, um, you know, essentially I work currently one-on-one with clients and I also have something called a quick course challenge, which is a Facebook, um, challenge that I run for 14 days, Mm -hmm. um, and go through all of the things that have to do with infertility. And I am also working on a, uh, book, an actual physical book as well as a digital course for, for 2020. So I have a lot of, um, a lot of things in the hopper. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know you were working on a book. How exciting. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's always been in my heart, just like this business. So, you know, I'm hoping that I can make some headway on it for next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a big believer that those like deep passions that we have in our heart are there for a reason. So I know that you'll be able to do it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So why are you so passionate about the infertility journey? That is a fantastic question, Kelly. Um, And what it boils down to is that unfortunately, I went through um, infertility for five plus years myself. And I felt like there was not enough of the right kind of support out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I unfortunately suffered from primary and secondary infertility. And yes, there were, there were forums that you could join, but it felt like a free for all at times. And they weren't moderated by anyone who had any real success. And I found that I was looking for people and I gravitated towards my friends who had gone through infertility prior to I had, um, you know, because they understood how isolating and difficult it was, especially the ones who had suffered, you know, many miscarriages as I had Mm -hmm. um, and wasn't a typical case. So I wanted advice. From my that my doctor couldn't answer for me, like emotional advice, right. friend advice. Um, and it's passionate to me because I see that there is still a lack of the right kinds of support um, in the community. And I feel like it's also very much taboo in some ways to talk about it. Now, there are some, you know, women who are very open, yep. sometimes too open, <laughs> sure, you know, yes. I think, sometimes. Yes, um, and I think that that's great, but I still think the majority 
of um, people out there are not very well versed and informed about really what infertility is, does, and who it affects. Yes. You know, recently I had um, found an article talking about how Hollywood seems to get pregnant in their 40s and 50s easily. Uh-huh. Now, that is not the truth. They don't get pregnant easily. Some of them share that they've gone through infertility and some of them don't. Yes. But I think that there is this misconception that, you know, with women in the workplace, that you can wait and you can wait and you can wait until you're 45 to have your first child. But that's really not true unless you're willing to, you know, put down hundreds of thousands of dollars to go through fertility treatment. So I'm passionate about it because I think that there really needs to be somebody out there who can help these women and couples navigate this really difficult journey. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering, I want to unpack a few things that you said. Can you explain real quick? So if somebody hasn't had their own fertility journey, can you talk through what first and second, I missed what you called it, first and second reasonings for infertility? Is that, I don't know, oh, that's primary. exact. Primary. Sure, there we go. Yes. Sure. Can you talk through that? Primary and secondary fertility. Absolutely. Sure. So primary fertility is considered um, infertility that happens when you have not yet had a live birth. So um, what that means is for somebody under 30 who has been trying for a year of unprotected um, sex and hasn't gotten pregnant, they're considered to have primary infertility. I believe if you're pretty much over 30, I want to say it's about six to nine months. So you are considered primary, you're having primary infertility when you are unable to conceive within those uh, uh, time frames. Now, you're also considered to have um, infertility, but it's called secondary if you've already had a live birth and pregnancy the natural way, the quote-unquote natural way, Uh um, but then are having difficulties having additional children. Um, And that can be for various different reasons, and sometimes it can be for the same. Um, You know, um, but there there are two different kinds of fertility, the primary and the secondary, and they're equally as scary. And unfortunately, I suffered from both of them. They're equally as upsetting. um, But um, that is the clinical answer to that question. Yeah. No, thank you so much. That's really helpful to have it really clear in our minds, you know, what that what that means. And so I appreciate you um, talking us through that. You know, one thing I really heard um, throughout your message was it sounds like you just really want to share like truths with people do you feel like that like mm-hmm. you just want people to have accurate information and to have that like emotional support yes yes exactly because you know with one in eight couples suffering from infertility in today's society you know that's over you know i want to say it's over eight million women and couples going oh, through this yes. um eight is absolutely so important to not feel alone because I think that when you suffer from infertility, you are so down on yourself because you feel like your body failed you. Yes. And whether or not that's true um, isn't really, it, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that you cannot wallow in that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can't wallow in the fact that, you know, you need to go to alternate ways of getting pregnant and, mm-hmm. Um, I think that being able to provide, you know, almost like a big sister approach is something that really worked well for me. And I didn't have, I really only had one friend who had suffered as many years as I had through it and as many miscarriages. And she really was eye opening to me and helped me understand. And she would say things to me like, um, we had actually met when um, our second, it was her second child after she had her second child, and she had like a 10-year difference between her two kids because of it. Oh, yes. um, and she said to me, you know, wait until everybody starts having their second kids and people start asking you, when are you having more kids? When are you having more kids? Like, if I didn't have her saying that to me, it would have made the situation even worse than it was because you already are down on yourself. And then when you have to start putting um, hormones into that equation, like I said before, it's just very isolating and you feel very alone. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that's worth noting. 
I mean, the majority of people that listen to um, the podcast are women. Um, but for the men that might be listening, I think that, um, well, and even women sometimes too, you know, we ask those questions and we don't mean it necessarily in a malicious way or um, have any bad intent. But, you know, the when are you going to have um, kids? When are you going to have more kids? You know, don't you want a family? Your time's running out. I mean, like things like that that people say. Um, are, are really detrimental, I believe, to somebody's mental health when they're already going through, you know, infertility. It's horrible. It's horrible because I can name two examples also where, you know, I wasn't in the um, mental state of mind that I am now having been going through it. I had suffered five miscarriages and I was oh. sitting nonchalantly with another mom at, um, you know, lunch one day after one of our my son's classes, like, uh, you know, a gym class, and she was like, oh, miscarriages are nothing. You can't really let those get you down. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm melting inside because I'm like, I've had five of them. Aww. And then I had another woman who was pregnant with her third child also in one of my son's, like, little gym classes. She had just announced she was pregnant with her third kid, and I had one kid. Most of us in the class had one kid, and she looked at me, and she goes, you guys better get going. You know, I mean, I'm on my third kid. Meanwhile, I was suffering miscarriages. I was trying to get pregnant for at least probably a year and a half at that point. And people just don't, you know, I think that there needs to be um, more of an awareness um, in society that you can't just say things like that flippantly. You know, like it's like the same thing, too, like when you're pregnant and somebody comes to rub your belly and says, well, you're enormous. Are you sure you don't have three in there? I've had people say that to me, too. It's just, you know, there's this... um, you know, there's this, uh, you know, it's a free for all. And I think that there, you know, there needs to be, you know, more sensitivity, I think is really what yes. we're um, talking about. Absolutely. You know what I find really interesting too, <clears throat> excuse me, is that a lot of times like people, it's so like, for instance, you're not probably just going to be sitting at dinner and someone's going to say something to you like, oh, you look really big right now or, oh, you know, whatever it is about your physical appearance. But for some reason, I think when women are especially of like what people typically consider like a conceiving age, I think that there's a lot more comments about like their body and um, their, you know, desire to reproduce and things like that. Like you wouldn't just typically say and make comments like that. And so I don't understand. That is a little bit hard for me sometimes, like that disconnect for people, like especially Mm -hmm. pregnant women. Like you're not going to walk up to some some like man and just be like, wow, your stomach is giant right now. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But yet for some reason, when a woman is pregnant, we feel like we suddenly can well, I don't feel, right. I want to be really clear. I don't feel like I suddenly can, but there are some people out there that do. And I think that that's really problematic. Yeah, it is. You know, I have to say, you know, um, there's a woman who I adore and um, is a wonderful, wonderful woman. And, you know, I have been going through a lot of personal stress for, for other reasons the past five months. And I've gained a little bit of weight and I actually had somebody look at me and, and go, oh my God, I didn't know you were expecting. And I look at her and I said, I'm not. You know, there are, there is that like sensitivity tip that you just wish that, um, you know, some people, you know, would have. And, you know, the other thing is too, is that I feel like there, you know, it needs to start younger and younger because there's nothing more devastating when you're trying to have children and all of your friends and family are getting pregnant and you're not. And yes. One of the things I, I, you know, I've told women that I've worked with before, and one of the things that they just absolutely started crying and thanking me for was, it's okay to be sad when you hear these announcements. It's okay to be jealous. Like, I don't think women realize that your feelings are valid, right? Absolutely. Because it's not that you're not happy for the person who's announcing their pregnancy. You're sad for yourself. Right. And and somebody who hasn't gone through our journey and walked in our shoes doesn't understand that. Yes. You know, I had somebody, I had a friend back in the day while I was going through all this um, who knew for a good portion of, of our of our first year of infertility what we were going through and the miscarriages and the trouble I went through and she turned out not to be the greatest of friends to me mm-hmm. and I pulled away and isolated myself because again that's what you do when people don't understand mm-hmm. what you're going through and you're just 
sick and tired of having to explain it and you know you're excited about the next try and they're negative about it because they know what you've been through right yes so she actually you know we were at a birthday party not even her kid's birthday party we were all at a mutual birthday party you know one day again you know my my child probably a, a little over a year old um year and a half and she announces that she's pregnant like just flippantly like that and I looked at her and I was like, listen, I, I know that we haven't, you know, spoken in a while, whatever I said, but this really hurts that you couldn't tell me this in private, like, whatever. And, you know, she just looked at me straight on, and this is the kind of friend I knew she was, and she goes, I'm just sharing my news. Oh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's just, again, you know, probably somebody who isn't having difficulty having a child, um, you know, wouldn't be affected by that. But I can tell you, you know, you can, you know, look through feeds of women who are sharing your infertility journey. You're sensitive about everything. Right, right. Yes. No, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I have to tell you, I um, had another guest on. Her name is Tina and she was on at kind of the beginning of the podcast and she um, shared her own infertility journey and it was just so vulnerable. And the responses that I got from that were literally life changing. And people need to hear this message. I think that it's okay to be sad. Like you said, it's okay Mm -hmm. to even at times like unfollow people on social media if you need to. I'm not saying you have to unfriend them, but just unfollow them if that's you know, hard for you or, um, you know, maybe gain other supports in other ways. And not that you have to end relationships, but there may be times when, you know, I do think the hard moments in our life, we really do find those people that will be there with us through everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very, very obvious who those people are. And um, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily get rid of everyone else, but just to know that level of friendship they're able to go um, and to support you through that. It always, and I know I yes. told this story too when she um, had shared her journey, but I think it's just really important for people to have an idea and not saying this, that I handled this perfectly. This is just how I chose to handle it. Um, I had a dear friend and I just want to be really careful because I don't want to um, share her story, you know, without, um, without taking that into consideration, but um, we were pregnant at the same time. And, um, she had a loss and that was really, really hard for her. And she let me know that. And, um, I just was really respectful with not sending anything necessarily about my son and the milestones that he had. I don't really put anything on Facebook about like that, that type of stuff anyway. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just choose not to. Um, but I think just even being aware like that, not that you have to avoid the subject, not that you, you know, can't fill your friend in if they want to know that information, but I almost feel like sometimes just having that awareness to not be throwing it in someone's face, even unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the key of what you're saying, and I think that this is really what's important is it's very important for the infertile um, woman to be sharing mm-hmm. and opening up about what is sensitive to her. Just right. like, you know, you saying, listen, I just want you to know if you don't get such and such for me, it's only because I love you yes. and I know that this is a hard time for you. Like, I think that people forget, um, and this is also true in a couple okay. um, uh, who are going through infertility together, and this is what I tell my um, my clients, is that opening up and sharing your heart will go so long in 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 this situation you know again you know back to what you were saying before i also encourage my um clients to not only unfollow on social media but if you need to walk away from a friend at a certain point yes you know you need to say i need to i need to unplug from you right now and it's i love you and you know it has nothing to do with you but that's okay right these are all the things that we're talking about these are not things that will ever come from your doctor your doctor doesn't care about your psychological um your psychological state when you're going through infertility which really is a shame because it is known that your psychological state and the amount of stress that you have going on while you're going through infertility will have an effect on yes you. you know we don't like to think that but I don't know about you, but when, when I'm going through something that's costing me upwards of $10,000 a pop, you got oh, right. a lot of skin in the game. And oh, I yeah. want to do every gosh darn thing that I do to ensure that that result is what I want it to be. Right. So, and, and that includes your mental health, right? Yeah. And that really is part of your mental health. And, you know, I just, you know, I really couldn't, you know, punctuate this more. Yes. You come first in your mental health. And if you have friends 
who walk away from you and don't want to be friends with you afterwards, then I'm sorry. Then they weren't the right kind of friends to begin with. Find some new friends. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I just love that so much. And I literally have chills. And you can just hear the fire and the passion in your voice when you talk about that. And so I hope that anybody who's dealing with infertility right now can hear that message and take that to heart because it is absolutely okay. And their mental health, I agree, absolutely comes first. You have to be able to take care of yourself and set those good, clear boundaries for yourself in order to ever have relationships with other people. Truly. Yes. 100%. Yes, that's awesome. So I'm wondering, can you talk us through like the coaching aspect of things? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, lots of people probably um, don't even know that there are infertility coaches out there. Um, Mm. You know, I'm not a unicorn. You know, I'm, you know, there are infertility coaches out there. The reason that, um, you know, I chose to do it, you know, I've already explained, but Mm -hmm. how does coaching work for me? It's going to work differently with everybody. There are different coaches who, um, you know, we're all different and we bring something very unique. But coaching for me looks like this. Um, when um, somebody um, has interest in working with me, we would set up a short Zoom phone call where we could just get to know one another mm-hmm. and really um, ascertain whether or not we would work well together. I think that that's really important because I think certain personalities work um, well together and certain personalities may not. And the last yes. thing you know, that I would ever want is to work with somebody who I wouldn't be helping. Like, honestly, it's my heart. It's been sitting on my heart for so long to help. That's what I want to do. So we set up this short phone call. Yep. um, And we would decide, you know, if and how we would go forward. Um, And essentially, um, if we would be working one-on-one together, we have several sessions together that we would um, talk about, of, you know, what testing you've already had, go through those tests together, um, and looking to see, um, you know, where we think that there is, um, you know, if something keeps on happening, let's say you keep having miscarriages, you know, we can look and, and I can make recommendations to various different tests and, and other perhaps um, doctors who are outside of your box of thinking mm-hmm. for your regular uh, endocrinologist. Um, but it's really very personalized because it's going to be based on the kinds of tests you have, the kinds of issues that you're already having. Um, let's say, you know, your um, primary infertility, you've never gone through it and you don't have much of anything. I would still go through and look at your tests and we would talk about the things that could help you get maximum benefit. And that goes for primary and secondary infertility. Um, we would also work through any emotional roadblocks that are getting in your way. We would also very much touch upon um, going through this with your partner, and oftentimes I will also have a conversation with both partners just to talk a little bit through what's going on here. Right. And I make my recommendations for that emotional support. Um, and again, this is done through Zoom calls. Sometimes it's done through emails. It's done through Voxer, which is a really cool um, walkie-talkie app that I work with. Uh-huh. Um, and then there is also like full cycle support, I believe. Um, whether you're going through, um, you know, the first starting of your cycle um, for the first time or the 10th time that you need that support getting through. And what do I mean by the first part of the cycle? That is anywhere between day one and day 10, and that's when you're stimulating. And Mm -hmm. basically, um, you know, I have access, my clients rather have access to me during that whole time, whether you have questions about, oh my gosh, what's the best way to do shots? How can I prevent the black and blues? Uh, You know, where can I do them? Um, You know, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I did it too late. Or, you know, those kinds of questions where you can't really pick up um, the phone and ask your doctor because it's after hours. Or it's like a question that your doctor like wouldn't even answer for you. So basically Mm -hmm. I am there to be your best friend who's already blazed the trail for you, who's had multiple successes. Yes. And has learned a thing or two about what works and what doesn't. Yes, I love that. You know, and how nice to have someone like come alongside you that that really has been. Of course, each person's experience is different, but that has been through there. And I love how you were that, like, you know, blaze the trail. Like, right. I just really, really love um, that perspective of knowing that there's someone who has gone before you. And I, I think a lot of right. times, you know, having like a mentor um, that has has gone through whatever it is you're wanting to do can be so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And also, you know, one thing I forgot to mention is also the two-week wait is what we call the period of time between when the embryos are implanted and the wait until you get your pregnancy test. It's kind of weird because it's not exactly two weeks because it's two weeks from when the embryos are harvested, not from when they're implanted. So oh, it's okay. approximately about, about you know, nine days after if you have a five-day transfer. You have something called a three-day transfer or a five-day transfer. So it's about nine days after the five-day transfer. And it's called the two-week wait. And as you can imagine, it is the most nerve-wracking time because technically you're pregnant, right? Because if those embryos have been placed in your uterus, you're technically pregnant just waiting for a positive pregnancy test. That's how I like to tell my clients to look at it. Because I think it's just so much more meaningful and powerful to already say that it's happened right right right. we know about this power of intention so that two-week wait is the most nerve-wracking and when you get that phone call when you go into your doctor's office that morning for your blood pregnancy test you are on edge all day i still feel my heart beating when that phone rang telling me whether i was pregnant or not yes and that two-week wait is something that's really important like i I think you need somebody to talk to every single day, all day long, just to get your mind off of it. So yes. yeah. I think that that is, um, you know, something that's invaluable. And as I said before, you know, when you go on these forums, oftentimes, yeah, you know what, they may be um, free, but what are they worth? Because they are a free for all. And you have people giving you advice who haven't even had success. And they're not doctors. They're not anybody who's had multiple successes going through it. You know, so you, again, you know, what's that old adage that, you know, you need to take the information from where it's coming. Right. So what's the quality of that information and what is it worth to you? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't even know what the two week wait was, but just hearing that mm-hmm. I immediately, I was like, I was like, that has to be excruciating. Like just any, you it, know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. I, ugh, yeah, I just really feel for people who are going through that and I'm glad that they have you, you know, and other supports and such to be able to help them through that. Cause how, how challenging truly. I'm sure that it's just yeah. like every minute of every day, your mind is probably consumed with that. Oh, you can't think of, you cannot think of anything else, like literally other than, and then you're nervous that, oh my God, I can't pick up packages because I don't want to ruin the implantation. Like you stress about everything. And again, getting those cortisol levels up and having, which causes inflammation is the last thing that you want to do right. when you're um, stressing. And let me tell you, people get pregnant naturally all the time and do all the things that you don't want to do during this two week wait, yep. you know, and they keep their pregnancy. So it's one of those things you just need somebody to keep you even and steady and say, you picked up a package. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> you yes, know, yes. that has no bearing on whether or not, because if God forbid it didn't work after again, $10,000 spent, Right. you start blaming yourself right yes. and that is the worst thing that you could possibly do because you're already blaming yourself so yeah absolutely yeah that was my next thought I'm sure that then that self-blame starts of oh if it doesn't work out then oh I did live that package I, I you mm-hmm. know it's probably my fault that happened but the reality is that's just not accurate in that moment though I'm sure mm-hmm. it, it feels accurate no, you know it feels very accurate and it feels like you're being punished I mean it's it, it's a whole mental game yeah Oh my goodness. That's so challenging. You know, um, I will say that I went to, um, a fertility doctor, not necessarily for that, but I was trying to determine if I had PCOS because for like about like four or five years now, the doctors have went back mm-hmm. and forth and said, yes, you do. No, you don't. And I was like, well, someone just tell me, <laughs> someone just yeah. tell me. So I know, come on. <laughs> right. So anyway, I went there, but I will say um, that that clinic was actually set up in a very, very positive, friendly, supportive way that even the doctor, I'm actually trying to get her on the podcast, um, because even the doctor was very interested um, in your mental health. Now, not to the same degree that you would be by any means, um, because they just can't be, you know, they have so many different people they have to see, um, but that was a component of that. And so um, there, there likely are some places, I just don't think that we've made the progress that would be really, really helpful at this point in time. Maybe someday, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'm wondering if um, somebody is considering seeking out services for a fertility coach, you know, when would be that, like, how would they know that this is the time? Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to pop in here for a minute to see if you might do me a favor. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope that you are. And if you are, the best thing that you could do to help us spread encouragement throughout the world is to take a screenshot of it, put it on your social media using the hashtag Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. 
That'll help us spread the news and get more people in the encouragers community. Thanks so much. My honest answer is that there is never a bad time to, to um, seek out a infertility coach. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I have, have explained before, there are um, nuggets that a coach can share for beginners and seasoned um, infertility survivors yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I only wish that there was this option when I was going through my journey. Yeah. Um, and I really do think it's for everyone. You know, when you're first starting out, you're completely clueless as to what you can expect. And sometimes you have questions that you wish you could ask a girlfriend and not a clinical doctor. Yes, yes. And sometimes there are questions that aren't appropriate for a clinical doctor, like, okay, when my husband has to give his sample, what's that like? Yes. Like, you're not going to answer a clinical doctor that, (laughs) So true, so true. Or, Or what can I do, you know, they told me that I need to have sex the night of my, you know, HCG shot. You know, how is it? Like, there are things that you want to know, practical things, but you don't have anybody to ask, per se, right? Right, right. Um, Also, a nurse, you know, typically most clinics that I know of will have a class. Um, to walk you through all things, including, like, how to give shots. But, you know, I can tell you where you can, where and how to give a shot in a way that you're not going to bruise as much. That's not the end game for a nurse teaching you that, right? That's not in her best interest. She just wants to make sure that you get the shot done. I want to make sure that you get the shot done so that you're not in pain afterwards, right? Yes, yes. and um, I want, you know, she's not going to tell you that your your butt can have a golf ball on it from your progesterone shots and how to help that. Like, right. she's just, that's not her end game, right? right. Um, and when you've been going through the process for a while, you want to find a coach to talk to um, because you have been going through it for a while. Right. And nobody understands what it's like. And you want to know, okay, I've done this. Um, what is my, what's my next move? What is, what would you recommend? And what are some of the alternate therapies or, um, you know, what else can you recommend? Because my gosh darn doctor's putting me in a box, right? right? right. Putting me in a box. And obviously I don't fit inside that box. So what can I do next? So, you know, I really believe that anybody can benefit from this process. Um, and it can add value to the infertility journey and in some cases there are you know again documented um studies saying that something that you can do to relieve stress um while you're going through the cycle will actually increase your chances of pregnancy Mm -hmm. and implantation and keeping that pregnancy so um i get that coaching may not be for everybody but this is really for the person who wants to get there quicker and mm-hmm. who wants to get there, you know, at all. Right. You know, I I could have given up. You know, I was not an easy case. I went through 15 um, advanced reproductive technology procedures. 15. Oh, yes. Yeah. And suffered five miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no reason why it wasn't happening to me. And I just put my heels in the ground and I said, I'm having that baby. Mm -hmm. I'm having that baby. In fact, I had three after that. So, you know, my, you know, you know, there is great value in it, but I can't convince somebody to see that. They have to see that on their own. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm wondering if I can um, ask you a question that just kind of popped in my mind. And if anyone is listening with their kids, this might be a good time to like pause this. <laughs> I don't know if anyone is listening with their kids, but if they are, pause this, maybe listen to this later. But you know, one thing that I keep thinking of that I feel like would be really, really helpful for you to especially be alongside someone is, you know, my understanding, you know, I've had friends that have dealt with infertility is that there's kind of like a regimented like schedule of when you have to have sex. And so if that's the case, I would imagine that at some point that probably gets really hard to think like, oh my gosh, we have to stay on this very um, strict schedule. And you know, what if we don't want to that night or whatever that looks like, you know, I wonder, do you help walk people through that process as well? It, yes, yes, I do help people walk through the process. So, you know, you know, I deal with various different um, stages of infertility. So, um, you know, the first stage is um, basically 
uh, when you're tracking your fertility, right, and yeah. you're you're having sex at certain times. Um, yes, it becomes very challenging to not make it mechanical, really, mm-hmm. um, right. because it hasn't. Sex hasn't turned. Sex is not fun anymore. Sex right. is something clinical, right? And right. It, there's a medical reason why you're having sex. And it, yeah, it's really, really hard. Yes, it's really hard. And you know, sometimes your body does not react in the way that you want it to because you're under stress, right? Right. right. So yeah, it is really, really hard um, to do that. Um, I would say that that's really the only time during. Um, you know, when you're trying to have a child that you're really having sex, because if you're doing an IUI, which is a, um, you know, an insemination, sure. you're not having sex, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, you're waiting to be inseminated. And obviously, with in vitro fertilization, you um, are also going to have your embryos implanted, right? Because there's a reason sure. that they're not doing yeah. what they need to do, you know, naturally. Um, I will say that there are doctors who will tell you um so the night that your eggs are retrieved or the night that you do your HDD shot, which you will do for an IUI and IVF, that sometimes it's best to have sex that night. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to have sex that night. And the whole purpose is, is that um, your husband's sample is as fresh um, as it possibly can be. And that gives it about 36 hours. Um, you know, for the sperm to regenerate and that's a fresh sample. But sometimes you just don't feel like doing it, right? Right. But then the thought is, well, the doctor said I should do it. And, and, you know, if I don't do it, you know, it goes back to that whole, oh, my gosh, if we didn't have sex and I don't get pregnant, was that the reason why? So you kind of have to be, it's hard. Like I said, it becomes a mental game. It's a mental game because if you don't, you know, I'm a rule follower, right? My husband's a rebel. Uh I'm a rule follower. Yep. And that, you know, we're, we're, to- we're total opposite on the Enneagrams, you know, like yes. completely opposite. Um, so, um, you know, we, you know, it, it's very hard when you have one partner also who is a rule follower and one that doesn't believe in following the rules because it's inevitable that there's going to be some anger there, especially with something that costs so much and you have so much skin in the game. Right. That rule follower is going to want to follow every single rule. Right. And the rebel is going to be like, you're being ridiculous. Yep. And that's where you run into trouble as a couple, in my opinion. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Thanks for thanks for explaining that. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's so many parts to it, aren't there? My goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering, very likely there's someone listening right now who, well, when this will be produced, <laughs> that is struggling with infertility now or has in the past. So I'm wondering if you could leave them with, you know, just one thought or two thoughts, whatever you want to, to do. What would those be? Honestly, the first thing that really comes to mind, and I mean this with all the love in my heart, and I really know this to be true, do not ever give up. Repeat Mm -hmm. after me. Do not ever give up. I believe and I know that anyone who truly wants to have a family or add to one can. I believe it is possible. Mm -hmm. But, and there is a but there. Yes. You have got to keep yourself open and you may be turned in a direction that you never thought that you would be turned in. Yep. And whether you choose to go down that direction could be the difference between having that family and not having that family. And there's so many examples I can give about what that turn in direction is. But, um, you know, that really is my, my biggest thing that I would like to tell every woman who's listening who... Um, unfortunately, is going through this journey, please just know you will have that baby on your chest right after your delivery and you will feel that warmth and hear that cry. Mm -hmm. But you cannot give up. Mm -hmm. You have to keep going. And it's not always going to be easy and it may take longer than you thought, but it can and it will happen. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That was very beautiful. You know, I'm wondering if we can think about too, you know, if somebody has a family member or a friend who's going through it through um, their own infertility journey you know how can we best support them um honestly um if you yourself have not been through the infertility journey the best thing to do is to number one listen Mm -hmm. not talk listen and do not judge them Mm -hmm. because there are some 
really radical ways that you can go with seeking out having a child. Mm-hmm. And we're all human, and it could be our instinct to judge. So just listen and do not judge. Be that shoulder to cry on. Insist that you take them out to that new romantic comedy. Yes. Um, or even out for a walk. Just be there. Um, yes. You know, more than likely, this friend is feeling down already because their body isn't doing what it was made to do. And then you add the hormones into the mix, and you've got a really emotional cocktail. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, you just have to listen. And I also want to say on top of that, you know, even if you have been through the journey, you cannot judge either because what one person does to have a child may not be what you did or would have done. Right. 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 So be open and honest about what your journey was, um, you know, share um, and just remember that just because you did something doesn't mean it's the right thing for your friend. Or just because you didn't do something doesn't mean that it is right, isn't right for your friend. Yes. But again, most of all, whether you've been through it or you haven't, just be there. Just be there. Be patient. Don't take it personally if she needs to pull away for a little bit. Yep. Be supportive. Be a shoulder to cry on. Um, you know, just you know, just love on this person the best way you know how. Yes, absolutely. You know, one thing too that that what you just said um, reminded me of was even I have a a dear friend who um, had a child after me and she often will ask me just like I do with other people too you know like oh what are your thoughts about you know the crying it out method or what are your thoughts about this or that you know and um, if she's asking for my perspective I'll give it and then I always say something like but you have to decide what's best for you just to let her know that I'm not going to judge you. I will fully support if you decide to try that or you don't decide to try that or you decide to try something that's a little bit different than I would. Like I'll support whatever that is as long as it's like not unsafe. That's my only, (laughs) as a social worker, that's my only disclaimer, as long as it's not unsafe. Um, But otherwise, I mean, you get to decide what you do in your life and it's it's truly not for us to judge. And I think it's important to um, keep that perspective and to remind your friends of that. I'm not judging you. You know, I'm truly not judging you and what you do. I just want to be here to support you. And that's really beautiful for you to say, I have to say, Kelly, because there are not a lot of people in this world who can actually say that and mean that. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you for doing that. And what I have found is um, I love my mother-in-law with all the love in my heart. She is a wonderful woman. She's got 13 grandkids and Uh she treats every single one of them as if they are the only kids out there. Aww. However, <laughs> when she offered advice to me um, that I haven't taken, mm-hmm. will say to me, you asked me something, I gave you, and you didn't listen to my advice, and mm-hmm. we'll get very angry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say, you know, again, just, again, where's the information coming from? I love this woman with all of my heart. Yes. She is not the woman that I go to for support. Yes. yes. She's just, you know, so you have to know whether it's a family member or a friend, you know, you have to know who you can go to and who has evolved enough, you know, to really mean like what you said, you know, to your friends, you have to do what's right for yes. you. Because some people will say it and not mean it. And then yes. they'll be like, well, I told you to do that. And they'll throw it in your face if something blows up, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the other thing I heard too that I wonder if this would be helpful for people, it was extremely impactful for me. You know, I heard somewhere the other day that your parents are always going to think that they're right and they know better than you. And so when you when you think about it like that, like in-laws even, you know, our own parents, whatever that looks like, they're always going to believe for the most part. Some are not, some people are not like this, but that they know better than you. And so when I get comments that maybe aren't necessarily what I would have wanted, I remind myself of that. And I do think that puts it in a much different light and allows you to know, you know, maybe this isn't the best person, like you said, that I'm call that I need to call right now for that support that I'm looking for. You know, maybe I need to reach out to somebody else or maybe I need to seek something else. But I think a lot of that, like keeping things in perspective too, that maybe that's just not 100% the person who's going to give you what you need in that moment. Right. And that's why also, you know, bringing it back to the coaching too, you know, I've found young women who are afraid to speak their mind to their friends because they're afraid of that judgment. Yes. They're afraid that, you know, um, 
you know, I, I told a client once that to this day, it's very hard for me to see a pregnant belly. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to this day. And, and the baby shop is closed, right? It's yep. not like I can't, you know, I'm not having any more kids, right? Yep. But to this day, it still hurts to look at a pregnant woman. That's not something, you know, I, I had this, this client tell me with tears in her eyes, thank you. Yeah. And I, I said, for what? And she said, thank you, because I, I've been thinking that. And it's so hard for me to look at, but I felt like a bad person. Yes. So I think also, you know, sometimes, you know, we're afraid that we're going to be judged. We're, yes. get, we're afraid and, you know, and whether or not that's self-imposed, that's why having a third party there to kind of, you know, be like, oh, gosh, you know, just give you like a temperature. No, that's not crazy at all. Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, great. I'm happy to hear that because I thought it was crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic to have that for sure. You know, um, it also makes me think as we're, I I know we talked a little bit about this earlier about doctors and some doctors, you know, just like any profession, we have some people that are really fantastic and some that are not so awesome and (laughs) a little bit in the, in the middle, but I'm wondering, you know, how would somebody navigate like finding supportive care? Um, obviously, you know, friends, but if we're thinking more on like the medical world, how would you find a good provider that you mesh well with? So, um, I think that, um, you know, in today's society, when there's one in eight couples suffering, as I mentioned before, there are so many patients out there and only so many doctors and clinics. Yes. Um, you have got to go and do your research. I think if you can talk to people in your community, um, if you feel comfortable or you know people in your community um, who have already gone to a specific doctor and can give you almost like a report card, I think that that's really helpful. Yes. But if that's not available, when you set up your first appointment, most infertility doctors will leave a, a longer amount of time than you'll ever see them again. Trust me, because you're in and out of there. Yep. Um, yep. And you have to speak up. I encourage you to speak up prepare for this meeting like an interview yes. and you need to interview that doctor and you will know at the end of that appointment, whether or not you are comfortable with them. Yes. And I think the first indicator is if your doctor's getting annoyed at the amount of questions that you're asking yes, or, you know, even in sync with your point of view, mm-hmm. like, let's say you want to do everything that you, you know, you, you uh, have researched something and, you you know, you had a miscarriage and you want to change something different and they're not supportive. Well, you know, you need to really, again, interview. And, you know, I would absolutely bring your husband with you as well because one thing I have found is that this is a very emotional process mm-hmm. and every yep. step you get closer gets even more emotional. And I think men can oftentimes be there to hear things in the way that it was meant, especially if it's a, if it's a male doctor uh-huh. and not the way that it, you felt it. Right, right. And not to take it emotionally. So I think it's very important for the two of you to go together. So mm-hmm. my first is, you know, ask around. My second is sit down with your partner a day or two before your appointment and list every question and then just ask those questions. Yes. Um, and you just really want to make sure when you meet with this doctor that that clinic is the right place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel that you're not comfortable there, you're going to be stressed during a cycle. And truly, that's the last thing that you want to do. Right. You know, personally, I looked for a doctor who was willing to think outside the box. And ultimately, um, that is what got me pregnant. Mm-hmm. I went to every famous clinic and doctor in New York City, uh-huh. some that, you know, were helping some very big movie stars at the time right that i was getting pregnant with them um and it was a small clinic that was relatively unknown who i had the greatest success with yep yep so you know it's not about being a famous doctor like you know i thought that you know well this one got Celine Dion pregnant so i should go there and he'll get me pregnant right right so (laughs) so you know it really is also a matter of, you know, I'd say the most important thing is, you know, and I see this more and more um, on opposite sides. There are a lot of doctors who just see so many patients who are going to keep you in that box. And right. that's not where you want to be. 
And then there's also a lot of doctors out there who have learned to change and grow with the times. And those are the doctors who are having the best numbers because they're personable. They're listening to you. They're on board. They want to try new things. And sometimes, you know, I did a lot of unconventional things to get pregnant. I did a lot of unconventional things to get pregnant. But I've got three other children to show for it. Right. So, you know, it's, um, you know. There's nothing else to say. You, you just you got to do your research, feel comfortable with that doctor, and ultimately, then you need to put that faith in that doctor. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. You know, I think about um, like some bad experiences I have with doctors. I'll never forget this one time. This doctor had met with me, and I could tell tell she was really irritated with me for whatever reason. She could have just been having a bad day, but at the end of it, she was like, "Okay, are we done here?" And I was like, oh, I'm never coming back to you. And so I think (laughs) trusting that gut instinct too, when you do have a bad experience that, you know, that there, there's a reason that you're feeling not comfortable. And like you said, you know, that stress and that anxiety is not going to go away if you don't feel comfortable with the doctor that you're trusting this really hard, vulnerable place with. And so I think it is just really important to keep trying. I often tell people, you know, yeah. we live in a rural area, so you have to travel some, but you know, if you need to, like you can try multiple doctors until you get one that you mm-hmm. really mesh well with. I mean, you're not stuck. Yeah. You're not, for the most part, you're not stuck. No, you're not stuck. And don't think that, you know, even if you feel like something isn't right, I had a friend who was going to a doctor and um, was told something that they believed not to be true uh-huh. and didn't finish a cycle there. You know, don't at any point in time, you are paying them for a service. And if you are not happy for that service, you have the right and reserve the right. I've had friends who have, you know, eggs frozen, taken from one clinic to another. Those are your eggs. Like, I think what we tend to forget in the process just because we're so overwhelmed is that that is your cycle. Those are your embryos. Yes. They do not own them. They cannot ultimately tell you what to do if you do not have faith in them. Right. If you have faith in them that they're going to get you pregnant, then you need to listen to them and you need to do that. Right. But if you have an issue, you can walk away. Um, yeah. You know, I I really, um, you know, do believe that that, you know, you know, and if you can't and if you don't feel comfortable, you know, someplace, speak up. I was working with a young woman um, very recently who called me hysterically because she needed a, you know, a refill on her medication. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to run out tonight. And I said, and, 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 and I sent an email because that's all I'm allowed to do. And I said, pick up the phone. You tell them it's urgent. Yep. And you get your medication. Yep. Like, I think we forget, we forget during this time, you know, what we have to do, um, you know, and, you know, that is my thing is that you have to be your biggest advocate. And mm-hmm. that doesn't go just for now. That goes for in life, yes. in any situation. Yes, so true. If you're not going to advocate for yourself, nobody is going to be a better advocate for yourself. And ultimately, as you have children, nobody's going to be a bigger advocate for your children other than you. Yes. So the, the quicker you take on that role, the better life is going to be. Yes, Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love that so much. I, I really want to clap and like cheer for you. I'm not even kidding you because I a hundred percent agree with that. You know, the the need to be an advocate or um, truly the benefit of being able to, to advocate for yourself and your kids truly is a significant difference. I even think about um, my son and he had um, some long story short, um, some lip ties, tongue ties, things like that that we were dealing with. And I kept telling the doctors, I know this is what's going on. Everyone told me no until I got to the right doctor. And she was like, yep, if you want to have fixed this now, he would have had issues with food. He would have had issues with speech. He would have been really delayed. Mm-hmm. Let's get this done. Mm-hmm. And like, had I just taken no for an answer, he wouldn't have gotten there. And so like yep. that, when you're, when something is telling you that you need to advocate for yourself, that like internal voice or, or that, um, you know, that really that like fire or spark, like it is so important to listen to that and to follow that. Cause it's, it's truly there for a reason. I a hundred percent believe that. Oh, a hundred percent. And there is that gut instinct. Like that is a true thing. Yes. And there is, you know, and there is a ultimate gut instinct when it comes to our children. Our mama bear yes. instinct is yes. always right. Absolutely. You know, my, my, my kid would have an issue and my husband would be like, oh, Karen, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're just being overly sensitive. 
you know, you know, Karen was always right. And right. <laughs> where, where I heard those words, Karen, do what you think is best because I've learned not to challenge you. Yes, absolutely. I, I, you know, you're right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah very big lesson to learn yes for sure yeah there were definitely times when i would tell my husband yep you know our son's name is eli eli's getting sick and he'd be like oh come on no and then what ended up happening he was sick the next day <laughs> so i'm like you know there is something about that instinct in life that we have and we get to choose if we listen to it or not so that's great you know i am wondering can i ask you a few questions as we're wrapping up here that i ask everyone yeah okay Great, great. So um, there is Brene Brown. She's an author. I don't know if you're familiar with her or not, but she um, has a book, Braving the Wilderness. And so the basic concept of it is, is that she, you know, will walk into, she talks about how you walk into the wilderness alone. You know, you don't really know where you're going or what you're doing, but along the way you find yourself and others who are also in the wilderness. So I'm wondering, can you share about a time when you felt like you stepped into the wilderness? Yes, absolutely. First off, I love Brene Brown. I have oh, not read enough of her books. Yes. Um, but I, I did find her um, recently. Um, she has a special on Netflix. Yes. And I highly recommend that everybody um, watch that. I think a lot of the concepts that she talks about um, can be applied to so many different places. And certainly infertility is one of them. So yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, but to answer your question, yes, Um my entire fertility journey was a walk in the wilderness for so many reasons. I felt, um, I didn't feel like anyone, my husband included understood how hard the process was, um, and what I was going through. And some of that is my fault. And perhaps some of it is self-imposed and perhaps some of it is, you know, was my age. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we started having miscarriages and failures, Um, and we were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, I put those blinders on and every day I put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and I listened um, to my heart and I did what I thought was best. I sought out information and alternate therapies in a way that might scare some people. But I never lost sight of what the end game was Yep. Even when everyone, not everyone, but those certain people around me lacked the confidence that I had, my husband included. Yes. You know, we just handled things very, very differently, differently, whether it was a loss or whether it was starting a cycle. We just, you know, Mars and Venus, mm-hmm. very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, putting those blinders on, I knew I was going to have the family I wanted, and I didn't care really who believed that I was going to have it or not. Like I felt like, I think I pulled away from certain family and friend friends because, you know, after like, you know, the fifth or sixth cycle and I had either a miscarriage or it didn't work, people were like, yeah, 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 Karen, you're going to get pregnant again. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Mm. Like nobody believed me, yep. but it wasn't important. I think maybe I didn't realize it in these exact words, but I didn't need their validation. Yes. I had my own motivation and validation coming from me right right um and it didn't really matter um and and ultimately um you know i could see the pity in some of my friends eyes when Mm -hmm. i would tell them excitedly that i was doing another cycle Mm -hmm. like i could see them pitying me Mm -hmm. so you know that was a very isolating experience but it was one that was necessary for me to go through and i always knew i was a strong person but i didn't realize um, you know, really until that time, like really how strong I was because just like everybody else, it was scary to think that it was, that I was actually gonna, it was going to happen because sometimes it feels like it's never going to happen, but I never lost faith and I never lost hope and, you know, kind of tied into this, um, my second pregnancy was a little bit bittersweet and I, um, I had a, um, my, my, my twins were born very, very early. And, um, unfortunately I, I lost one of them unrelated to infertility whatsoever. Um, and I wound up having a child, um, who wound up with a 135 day NICU stay. And, you know, right after having gone through getting pregnant and then I finally got pregnant, I walked in the wilderness again, because this you know, surviving twin had less than a 5% chance of survival. She was 
less than a pound. And, you know, I found myself imposing the same um, blinders. And, you know, I would not listen to the doctors and I fought with everything inside of me. And even when the doctors were trying to have very difficult conversations with me, I would walk away. And, you know, that was a huge, again, I put those blinders on, put one foot in front of another each and every day. And, you know, one doctor in particular, you know, walked up to me after this time frame and said, you know, anybody else this child would have, I'm not sure that they would still be here. But yes. your daughter, you know, really, you know, just beat every single odd. Yes. So I think that to tie this all back in, there are challenges that we, you know, have to walk in the wilderness. I think right. it's the only way to be because I think sometimes, you know, we have to stay positive mm-hmm. and we have to kind of insulate ourselves from what's going on around us in order to achieve that goal. And again, this isn't just here in every situation, whatever goal we have. Um, But, you know, to me, these were the two situations that really stand out in my mind as, you know, really um, heavy in my heart having to walk in the wilderness. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing both of those. I really appreciate that. And wow, what like a determination that you have and like fire in your soul to like fight for, what you want and what you can see is going to happen that's so great that's such a great quality to have thank you yeah you're welcome so I'm wondering you know can we talk about who sticks out in your mind as like your biggest encouragers and like why would you say that they are and it doesn't have to ju- I used to just ask one person I'm like that is so hard <laughs> it is so hard yeah, so yeah. whoever it is I- that you think yeah I mean you know gosh aside from my husband and my family um, and I have to say my 13-year-old, he is just so super-duper proud of the work I'm doing. And it's Aww. actually, it makes me smile. It, it makes me happy. I mean, they are my everything. Um, yes. And, and you know, in addition to that, my girlfriends, they've uh-huh. been so supportive and helping me get my message out. Um, you know, it, it just means the world to me. And, um, you know, I... I also, you know, have been on this personal development journey um, for for a while, and that's, you know, where I got to where I am today. And through that journey, I would share, you know, various, you know, different things about my journey and where I'm growing to. And I have to tell you, you know, my biggest, biggest encouragers are random people who follow me or friends or, you know, peripheral friends who literally come up to me and will pull me aside and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that live that you did the other day. I shared it with so-and-so because they needed to hear it. Or yes. thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, you know, somebody at, at back to school last week said, you know, I have triplets, which I have no idea. And she goes, I went through hell, you know, to get those triplets. And, you know, what you're doing is so important. So oh, it's these amazing. random people and it happens all the time i'm like in a bathroom and somebody pulls me aside just to say thank you thank you for talking about you know that's what really makes my heart and lights it on fire and really encourages me the most because i'm actually getting the feedback that what i'm doing matters and what i'm doing is important and touching people um you know that is just um amazing and and through the whole, um, you know, personal development journey, as I mentioned, I'm a huge proponent of finding yourself. I've also found this tribe of amazing, high-vibe women um, who, you know, see the world the way that I see it and mm-hmm. who also, you know, see my message as something important. So, I mean, I probably haven't answered your question, but I'm getting the encouragement from everywhere. Yeah, um, You know, even people who don't know that they're encouraging me. Like, I am... I am a huge, you know, if you follow me, you know that I love Rachel Hollis, right? I love Rachel Hollis. She's, she's, she's my jam, right? And her, her fresh approach to living intentionally and authentically has made a huge impact on me. Um, She doesn't know how much she's encouraged me, um, but she does, right? And and I also um, have a wonderful, you know, sales and success coach, coach, her name is Tiffany. And she really gave me the confidence and the encouragement you know, to really carry out this calling that's on my heart. So I would say that I am blessed in every single direction. Um, The encouragement comes from a lot of expected and unexpected places. And I just, um, 
you know, I, I'm very grateful for it all, to be quite honest. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's so interesting, too, is a lot of times we don't even realize that we are encouraging other people or um, or expect that certain people might be encouraging us along the way. So it's really cool to see that. So thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. So if somebody wants to continue to follow your journey, where would they find you on social media? Um, great question. Um, I have a great Facebook page and it's just my name, um, Karen Rich, C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-C-H. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an Instagram where I share all kinds of great infertility tips and that's at Karen Rich, same thing, C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-C-H, one word. Um, you can also sign up for my journaling prompts and my newsletter on my website and that is www.karenrich.com. C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-C-H dot com. Awesome. And there's also a way to contact me if you were interested in working together. Um, there's a way that we can schedule a call together. Um, and I also have an ebook that I um, give away. Um, I would love to give to all of your listeners. Oh, awesome. um, and they can get that at www.karenrich.com. C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-C-H dot com forward slash free ebook f-r-e-e-e-b-o-o-k and that's one word and basically this is um a one-on-one approach to what infertility is and like your first step so it's really for anybody whether it's primary or secondary infertility go ahead and grab that um free ebook um i put it together you know for that reason just so that um you know people can you know have a little bit of information if this is new or old so, yeah, absolutely. I would love for that. That's so great. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being willing to share with the listeners. I just know that that's really going to to help and and support and provide some healing for several people. So thank you so much, truly, Karen, for taking some time out of your day and you know talking with us about infertility and your own journey and truly how you're going to be able to continue to spread truth and help other people. So I just really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you and, um, you know, you getting message out, um, you know, to other women. And thank you so much for having me. I loved um, talking with you and I really, really, um, you know, appreciate the support and the love as well. So thank you, Kelly, for all you do. Absolutely. You are so welcome. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.